In a profitable extension of the naturalistic fallacy, Nike rejected what is the evolved design of human feet, knees, and spine in proposing a new way that human beings ought to run. The results have been disastrous for everyone but shoe manufacturers. Daniel Lieberman has explained that a lot of foot and knee injuries that are currently plaguing us are actually caused by people running with shoes that actually make our feet weak, cause us to overpronate, give us knee problems. Before the advent of these shoes in 1972, Lieberman has noted people ran in very thin-soled shoes, had strong feet, and had much lower incidence of knee injuries. Before 1972, humans had been running for a very long time. Our species has evolved many traits showing that our ancient ancestors were highly efficient long-distance runners. We ignore the inherited design of our bodies at our own peril. As Lieberman puts it, humans really are obligatorily required to do aerobic exercise in order to stay healthy. And I think that has deep roots in our evolutionary history. If there's any magic bullet to make human beings healthy, it's to run. But not the way they teach in business school. McDougall calls it the Nike effect. But Nike is far from alone in allowing these steps to financial success. They just follow the process of spectacular wealth. We see the same process of replacing the cheap and natural with something worse in the no backyard chickens industrialized farming effect. The unnecessary cesarean delivery on Friday so your doctor can golf on Saturday effect. The growing marijuana is illegal to take take these toxic, addictive, expensive pills instead effect, or the breastfeeding is disgusting, use formula effect. Replacing something natural, healthful, and free with something that promises a lot but delivers trouble is as old as agriculture, as old as civilization itself, in fact. It's what keeps the gears of commerce spinning. As early as 1930, American business consultants openly, excitedly explained that advertising helps to keep the masses dissatisfied with their mode of life, discontented with the ugly things around them. Satisfied customers are not as profitable as discontented ones. Just as the shape and function of the human foot are vital considerations in the design of a decent pair of shoes, an accurate understanding of hunter-gatherer experience is essential to living a satisfying, healthy life today. The stability and continuity of the foraging life over hundreds of thousands of years is both evidence of its utility and the original source of our humanity. As Nassim Nicholas Taleb points out in Antifragile, quote, Time is the best test of fragility. It encompasses high doses of disorder, and nature is the only system that has been stamped robust by time. Unquote. We are certainly capable of ignoring the subtle dictates of our evolved, time-tested nature, but we pay a high price for doing so.
I can defy my body's need to move in favor of sitting while here writing this book, but my risk of heart disease, obesity, diabetes, stress-related mental illness, and other ills will increase as a result. We can deny our naturally gregarious sexual appetites, but those distorted energies will find expression in frustrations, resentments, and psychopathologies of various kinds. We can survive on five or six hours of sleep, but we'll suffer reduced cognitive function, depressed immune response, and a host of other psych psychophysiological problems. So, to those who proclaim our ability to override our evolved nature, I say, well, only up to a point. Chapter 6, Born to be Wild. The greatest terror a child can have is that he is not loved, and rejection is the hell he fears. I think everyone in the world is, to a large or small extent, has felt rejection. And with rejection comes anger, and with anger comes kind of crime, in revenge for the rejection and with the crime guilt. And there is the story of mankind. John Steinbeck, East of Eden. Cleanliness may be next to godliness, but when it comes to delivering babies, messier is better. In a study of children born within a few days of one another in the same hospital in Brazil, those delivered by C-section were found to be missing the starter biome, that babies delivered vaginally got naturally from their mothers. These two clean infants ended up colonized by bacteria from other far less beneficial sources, ranging from the doctors and nurses in the room to the lampshades and bedsheets. Quote, the founding populations of microbes found on C-section infants are not those selected by hundreds and thousands of years of human evolution, explained Dr. Martin Blazer, whose wife and colleague Maria Gloria Dominguez Bello first conducted this research. The first microbes to colonize an infant's skin, eyes, and digestive system may have lifelong effects on the child's health. And Dominguez Bello believes that these early microbial interactions may be crucial in configuring an immune system that properly distinguishes self from non-self. Dr. Dominguez Bello has applied these insights to follow-up studies in Puerto Rico and at NYU where babies delivered by C-section re received swabs of their mother's vaginal fluids on their lips, face, chest, arms, legs, back, genitals, and anal region. While the bacterial colonies of these babies were still not as rich as those of infants who had been born vaginally, they were far more closely aligned with their mothers when, than, they, than were those of C-section babies who hadn't received any vaginal fluids. Studies like these are still in the early stages, but their importance is hard to overstate. Babies delivered surgically appear to be at a higher risk of developing various immune and metabolic disorders, including type 1 diabetes, allergies, asthma, and obesity. <laughs>